All right, so um, the safer is still out of print, and I uh, had made copies the last few weeks of the, the first two letters. I forgot to bring the, the third letter, so I apologize. Um, uh, if you want to have my second copy, I brought if anyone is interested. Um, okay, so let's just uh, just to go back because the first two letters, the first two letters, the first one was the letters of the complaint, right? This was uh, kind of the action. The second letter, he was setting up his approach. Um, Baruch Hashem, we've gotten some good feedback, but this is really, the first two letters is more like, you know, the introduction, it's more like the fun. The third letter is really where things get started and, um, you know, it's going to take some time to build up, so uh, we'll have to just have patience and, uh, and work through it. Uh, two just points of introduction. First of all, um, like we said many times, the 19 letters was written really as a hakdama slash summary of a book that he planned on writing later on, right? So there were two books. One was Chayrev, which he ended up putting out, and one was Maria, which never got put out. Um, Maria is really, you know, between all the collected writings and this Pirish on Chumash, you kind of get probably what he was planning on writing there. But uh, to recognize that these first few letters, which are really the summary of what that Maria was supposed to be, is a summary. It's written very, very brief. Um, you know, and I'm, I just don't want to, you know, but Etzim, we can go through each line of Yimadayik and show what he says in Chumash and how it stems. Um, I think that would lose the flow. So, you know, sometimes we'll bring out an important point, um, you know, that he discusses elsewhere. Otherwise, we'll try to kind of keep the flow, keep it simple, and just read through the letter and, and look at the, the bigger picture of what he's trying to accomplish. The other point is, and this should be obvious, is that this is written in German. You know, German is a very, particularly the German back then, very flowery. You can go like five, you know, a 10-line sentence without even getting to a verb. You know, it's like a very, very, uh, it takes time to get used to reading it. Um, and it's written very flowery. It's written in a very beautiful way. So, you know, to kind of uh, get to exactly, you know, to try to narrow into the points he's trying to make and, you know, read through, you know, not, not, not get um, discouraged by, you know, it's kind of the run-on, uh, you know, nature of, of, of some of the things that he's saying. All right, he's also, at least in the first few letters, he'll be quoting a lot from Tehillim. You know, Tanakh, Hirsch was, a, you know, was very, very into learning Tanakh. He held it was very, very important. So we'll talk about it more later. Um, so again, try to, we're trying to get, recognize, you know, as, 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 as what it is, it's a summary, it's an introduction to the Tehillim of Hirsch. We're not going to get every nuance, we're not going to get every aspect, but we'll try to, you know, we'll try to get, uh, you know, a, a kind of broad picture. Okay, so again, this is a, it's a, it's a fictional, but he's right, I've allowed some time to pass before sending this letter so that the vital questions touched upon at the end of the previous letter might strike root within you. All right, that's just, uh, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's just, I guess it's really a, a piece of good advice, right? This is already Rashi and Chumash, right? You can't just read, you know, you read through a book like this in one shot. Okay, you know, it's not a gay. You have to give time, you have to let it sink in. Particularly, he says here, just as an interesting in Yana Diyayma, he says, the vital questions touched upon at the end of the previous letter might strike root within you. Right? In other words, this is, you know, the, the Mara writes this, but everyone talks about this, that, you know, on Pesach, for example, right? Everything is Shiloh Tshuva, right? It's, everything is Ki Yishalcha, the Manishtan. It's always, it's always, it's the whole mitzvah of Sipra is supposed to be questions and answers. That's because to give someone information without a question, it's just information. There's, there's like no place for it to sit on the brain. Right? You tell someone, if I tell you right now, you know, some, uh, the theory of, you know, some, some random theory in, you know, in science, E equals C squared Q, it means nothing to you, right? There was nothing bothering you in physics that this theory answered. And so, okay, if you have a didactic memory, you know, uh, you know great, maybe you remember it, but otherwise it's kind of worthless. If there's a challenge, a question, how does this work? Why, you know, why do the planets work this way? And then I can present to you a theory. So, you know, the question is, you know, Aaron always says, is like, Aaron Lepianski, is like the Klee Kibble. 
Right? That's the vessel in which now the Torah could go into. And that's why questions are so important. Rav Hirsch writes in, in one of his letters, on, on, in one of his articles on education, he says you have two children. He says they're identical, the same intellect, the same smart. They both go to school, the same everything. He says one of them is a, is, is a kid who becomes a tremendous chacham, and the other one not. He says the difference is, was he encouraged to ask questions as a child? He says we have to encourage people to ask questions. Questions is what creates the vessel for knowledge. Right? If, again, so we could talk about Yiddishkeit, we could present a nice hashkafa, but if we don't see what it's coming to answer, if we don't feel that lack, then the information is, is really not as, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to have as much of an impact. So again, always thinking in terms of questions, right? Tanakh is full of, you know, Nevi'im, David Melch is always asking questions, right? You, you know, challenging Hashem on like Tzadik for Ali, it's always in, these are questions, right? Questions are the basis for, for knowledge, and that's how the Torah works. And again, just a little uh, thing he's sticking in here, right? He hopes that, you know, you thought about the questions that I posed to you, because, you know, now they, try, they may have even prompted you to take the Book of Life into your hands, now let us open it together. Okay, you may have even decided, you know, let me get started, open up a chumash and start reading. Okay, now we're going to open up the chumash together. Obviously, he's not opening up a chumash. He's going he's gonna, to, you know, give his uh, pers- you know, understanding of the chumash. Okay, now again, one more important introduction. We are agreed, dear Ben Yaman, that it is Yisrael we want to come to know. Right? We want to know what are the Jewish people? What is Judaism? We want to appreciate the content and significance of this name, ours by birth, and discover what as bears of this name we are and should be. Right? We want to know what is Klai Yisrael and what does it mean that I'm a Yid, what is my obligation, what is my duty, what is my destiny. But Yisrael is an historical phenomenon among all the other facts of history. Now this is a very important point. I think I touched upon this in a, in a previous one, I don't remember. Um, but it's a very important point that Hirsch makes. And it's a point that when people first read it and come across, it, it bothers them a little bit. Because it, in, in, a, in a way, it kind of runs counter to a lot of, of, of the way we grew up, right? So, like, we grew up, you know, it's Rashi, I'm not saying, like, you know, in a bad way. This is a, you know, is that Bereshis Barley Kim, Bishvil Yisrael Shenek Bereshis, Bishvil Atari Shenek right? That Hashem's plan from the beginning was to make a Klai Yisrael, and that was the plan, right? That was the plan. Klai Yisrael was always the point of creation and nothing else, right? Rav Hirsch says, if you read through Chumash, that's not, I mean, we'll take it at its face value. Hashem created a world, there was no Klai Yisrael. He didn't give a Torah. Okay, what, what, what the mitzvahs in Gan Eden were, we could discuss, right? There was an entire world. It was two and a half thousand years of history. But things happened, events happened, history happened that led to Hashem saying, okay, I need to make a Klai Yisrael. That wasn't, that Hashem, right? If Hashem didn't wake up other Mauritian, give him a Torah, and give him the halachas of Klai Yisrael. That wasn't what it is. Klai Yisrael developed. Right? Something happened. Events transpired that led Hashem to make... So we are a historical... We are a product of history. Again, what Yishvili Yisrael Shenik just means, not just means, what it means is Hashem's Ratzin from the beginning was that the world should keep His will. Right? We'll see why Hashem created the world, whatever. It's not a legitimate question to ask why Hashem created the world. And Hashem, right, if you think why Hashem created the world, that means Hashem is missing something. It's not, you know, it's not a legitimate question to ask why, but you know, what, what is the perspective we're supposed to look at at our role in the world? What, is, what was Hashem trying to accomplish, right? But Hashem always, Hashem's, Hashem's plan for the world was that people should do His Rasen, that's for sure. That's we'll get to, that's the, that's the basis of what human beings are. Is these are free-willed creations that are going to do the Rasen Hashem. Originally, presumably, the plan was everyone should keep the Ratzon Hashem, right? So something happened, something changed. Now, Hashem first had to destroy the whole world, right? Hashem destroys the Dar Mabel, Dar Ha, you know, Hafaga, things happening, until Hashem almost comes to the decision and saying, okay, it's just going to be Avram and his family, and, and you know what I mean? And that's going to be Rav Hirsch's really perspective here, right? But in other words, some, you, you read through Chumash, and what is the Torah telling me about world history that led to Hashem deciding that he needs to 
that he needs to make an Am Yisrael. And then, you know, so look at Am Yisrael as a creation, right? When, you, know, when, uh, you know, when you have an organization and you start a, you know, a new division, right? Something happened, there was a need. Okay, we're going to start a new department, right? We're going to start a new branch of the military. We're going to start a new something. There was, a, there was a, a lack, there was something missing in the original plan, right? And this, right? So, right? So, and so that's what he's trying to understand. What were the events that led to the creation of Kal Yisrael? Right? And again, it sounds like it sounds a little controversial, right? But it's, it's, again, there are many Gemaras that kind of have this implication. But Rav Hirsch is reading Chumash as a history book, not as a history book to give you historical facts to learn in, in science class, but the history of Klai Yisrael. This is what Hashem wants us to know about the things that happened that led to the creation of Klai Yisrael. Right? What? It's definitely a idea. Hashem knows everything, though. So, so again, so uh, that's the, then Hashem knows everything, right? Yes, very <laughs> very then, then you have your bechira, your yidia. Let's let's not. That's not. The, but to say on Hashem that something happened that triggered him there's an. You, you, what you're really asking is your question of yidia, right? That's really what you're asking. Hashem knew the whole time that Kairach was. I mean, that's every that's every bechira. Yeah. Okay. So the, the world had bechira, and it led to this development. That's you know, it, it's not. It's it's very useful to to look at you know. From this perspective, to look at you know the Hashem knowing everything is not an etzem, a very important part of understanding the hashkaf of the Torah. It's, a very, it's an important part, at least you know according to many Rishonim, in, in understanding what Hashem is and knowing you know the Dias Hashem, which of in general he doesn't focus on. He's like knowing the nature of Hashem is not important to us, right? So that Hashem knows everything and knows the future, and Hashem that's fine. But in terms of the development of history, that's not that's not the perspective that you should go on. That's true. And things that they, right, and that and the and how you can reconcile that with Bechira, right, is of course the great challenge, right, of, of the Rambam. But you know, it's it's you're, you're, what you're saying is of course true, right, from a, from a okay. So if his Kaisal develops in history, so the question follows: What is the significance of history, right? What is the significance of history? Like like what's what, what's happening, right? There's like events. What, what's happening? There's a cause and effect, right? Hashem has some sort of plan over here, right? Right? However we understand history, it's the road to the fulfillment of human destiny by mankind as a whole. Right? There's, there's something, there's a force of history here. We're not just every day, just it's, it's own brand new day. There's something happened. We believe very strongly, we understand historians. Right? The fact that if you write a history, that means that you recognize that there's a flow. Right? People always talk about you want to be on the wrong side of history. Right? History has an arch. History is moving. Right? And so history is the fulfillment of human destiny. Right? This is what is the, what is the destiny of mankind. Right? Human beings are the only useful thing to talk about, right? We're the only ones that have awareness and bechira, right? We're the only ones that can do anything. What is this destiny? Hence the question, what is man and what should he be? Right? We have to understand what is the purpose of human beings, and then we can understand what is the purpose of Klai Yisrael. Again, man is not isolated. He's one creature in a world of many creatures, affected by them, influenced by them, exerting his influence on them, right? We, we're not just talking about plants, we're talking about animals, we're talking about, you know, uh, the laws of physics, we're talking about, you know, uh, the climate, we're talking about the solar system. We're, we're one creation in a larger creation. Hence, what is the world? Okay, so now you understand, right? So you understand where he's going here, right? You want to understand Klal Yisrael, you need to understand history. You want to understand history, you need to understand humans. You want to understand humans, you have to understand the world, right? Hashem created this trillions of things in this world. Living, non-living, this is an infinite universe, right? And, and human beings are at the center of it. We're the purpose, we're the purpose of history, but what's everything else about, right? We're, we're a creation amongst the creations. So understand your place amongst the creations is going to be very important. But just as anything created can be understood only through the plan of its maker, so Yisrael, history, mankind, and the world, all these can be understood only through God. Right? So again, 
right? You know, if, if you, like, like a character in a computer game has no idea what he's doing there, right? He has no sense of, right? Someone designed him. You don't know what, right? You, you, don't, you don't know what's going on, right? You know, if someone, you have to speak to the guy that made the game to understand his purpose, right? Uh, you know, in the same way, you want to understand what the purpose of us is, the purpose of the, crea- the world, of history, of everything around, you need to go to the one who created it and, and see what he thinks the purpose is because he's the one who made it, right? So the world, human beings, history, everything can only be understood through Hashem and Hashem is manifested to our eyes only through them. And that's an important point. We know, we know nothing of Hashem. We can't see Hashem, right? right? We, can't, we can't see Hashem. What we can see is, is his, his, his creations, Right? So everything we know about Hashem, right? everything we know about us is from Hashem, and everything we know about Hashem is from us, right? How Hashem, right? The whole idea of awareness of Hashem, Yerah Shemayim, Rav Hirsch's, right? Is awareness of Hashem based on what? Based on Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, based on what he, you know, based on his, based on the things that he's done. We see the way he, the Hanhagas of the world, that allows us to understand Hashem, right? So understanding the world through the prism of Hashem, and understanding Hashem through the prism of the world. Right? It means you look at history and you see Hashem and you want to understand history, you have to look at Hashem. It's a very, right? This then is how the Torah guides us to an understanding of Yisrael and its task. Through recognition of Hashem, the world, and the purpose of man in history, so let us follow the Torah's ways of teaching. So again, uh, this is again, that was like, a, we'll call it the final introduction. The idea, number one, looking at, at his approach, right? And again, there are those that will say a different approach. I'm not, there, there are, there's an approach that will be very much like that, even though Again, right, so you look at Derech Hashem and he'll give his version of, this, of these first few letters, right? Derech Hashem will trace through history and, you know, and Adam and Bechira and that led this, right? And it passed on, right? I'm not going to, well, you know, we'll let some other people, other, you know, that could, that could explain it better. But there's a different perspective that Fakert, you know, maybe from the Marishan or at some point we become Klai Yisrael's the purpose. Everyone else is just a waste of time. Everything in the world is just extras in a show that they're maybe to tempt you that they're to whatever and that's it and first is looking at things globally right and, and there's a certain understanding the Torah starts with the creation of the world Hashem wants us to look at the world Hashem wants us to see the world Hashem gives us the history that led up to the Jewish people which means that Klai Yisrael is the result of all these things right so let's understand what the purpose of the world is what did Hashem create what are human beings and then we'll get back to Klai Yisrael so that's what's going to happen this letter will be focused on the creation of the world the next letter, letter number four, will focus on the creation of man, right? Hashem creating human beings. What was, what's their role within this? And then, you know, obviously we'll get to, um, you, know, uh, you know, going through human being, human history, until we get to Avram Avinu, Mitzrayim, and we'll get to what Klai Yisrael is. But the first thing is to understand the world. And it's, it's a very, very, it's an important point. And so we'll read through the next two paragraphs. Let's see, we'll do one now. And, and don't look at it like a technical, I'm giving you information. Try to look at it more... Like, like as an outsider, like, like he's giving you a perspective. A way, like very few of us, you know, we look, we look around, we look through the world. We don't, we don't acknowledge that we're in a world, right? The world we look at as reality. We're not, we're not seeing things, right? We're just, it, it is what it is, right? It's, you know, I, 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 I always talk about, you know, uh, time, right? Time is wonderful, right? Especially technology has done wonderful things for us, right? But it, it affected us in some interesting ways. Like, you know, I, I say like, shoe is morning. Like, what time is davening nets, right? Uh, 5.01, let's say, right? That's not, that's not the truth. The truth is, davening should be when the sun rises, right? There's the Indian of the sun rising, right? There's Yeruchah im Hashemesh, as the sun rises. Okay, so we're very good. We have wonderful mathematical calculations. We can now tell us the time, but we lost something there, right? The concept of day and night, 
These are, right, the Torah is full of differences. Certain mitzvahs by day, certain mitzvahs at the night, right? We have no concept, we have electricity. So the night, okay, I mean, obviously it's a little bit. You walk outside, seasons, we have, we have you know, air conditioning and heat. We, 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 in, a, in a weird way, we kind of lose our connection with the real world. And we don't realize, right? But the world is all around us and, and these, the world is talking to us, right? It's telling us something, right? We're not, we know, in agriculture, where we get all our stuff produced in farms that we don't ever see. We live in a very, you know, artificial world. There's, there's, there's a theory, I mean, one of these alternate, you know, medicine uh, kooks kinds of things. He says, you know, because we're not connected to the world, that's why we have all these problems. Now we have to start walking barefoot again. We have to mummish like we have to, you know. And then he, so he said, you know, what we could do, he said, uh, you know, every outlet has a grounding hole, right? Which is like that, that third one on the bottom and it connects to the ground in case of a, a short. So they, they make, I've seen this, a blanket with wires throughout the blanket and you connect it, not to electricity, just to that bottom hole. So you have, you're connected to the earth. It's like, whatever, it's crazy, but like just the music of, we, we, have, we, don't, we, we forget how to look at the world, right? We, you know, Pesach is, is Chaga of it, right? It's not just... It's not just coincidence, right? The spring, what a spring. Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim is literally the spring of Klai right? We were down there in Mitzrayim, a winter, everything's dead and decayed. But really, inside we were alive, the spring, and we spring to life. It's, it's, you walk outside, I mean, everything about it is, is, is telling you Pesach. It's a beautiful, right? So we need to learn to begin, we have to learn to appreciate, you know, things that are around us in order to get the full perspective here. And it takes time. It, you know, you think about it a little bit. You're walking outside, again, it's not just outside, even inside, right? We're not just talking about nature, we're talking about looking at things, looking at wood, looking at metal, what's happening around us. There's a whole world, forces of nature. Every time you light a fire, there's, there's a law that says, oh, let's, let's get into it. But I'm just, it, it's, we, need, we need to open up a little bit to, to see that we're not just, you know, not just look at, you know, the, the computer in front of us and, and our task at hand, but that we're actually looking at ourselves as part of something larger. And that's going to be, I guess, the, the main point. The Torah summons us to view heaven and earth and says to us, from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven, Right? Whatever you see in existence came to be when? Bereshis bara elikim. All at its beginning, right? God as creator brought it into being. Okay, that's the most, that's the first pasuk. Bereshis bara elikim. From Shemayim to Aretz, everything was created from Hashem. Right? That all comes from Hashem. Now, um, we'll end with this, with this final important point, because again, it's, it's going to get long and flowery. What's Hashem doing next week? Rav Hirsch focuses on this a lot in Chumash. He doesn't really mention this here, but it's, I think it's a very important point to set out, out here at the, at the onset. The idea of yesh me'ayin, right? Bara, Rav Hirsch says, and they all do Yishayim, it's, it's bara means, like, it's like a brysa, it means outside, right? Hashem took something and he brought it out, right? It's, it's something that never existed and he created it. Bria is a, right? The Torah only says Bria right here in the beginning and then again by, by Adam, right? But otherwise, right, the Ramban already says, it says Vayas, right? This is this big Ramban that gives us all the Kaifrim, you know, Torah's evolution, right? All right, because the Ramban says Hashem created something called the Yuli, like what the Greeks call Yuli, and then he, uh, from that he formed the rest of the world. All right, but the point is, Hashem created the world, there was nothing before, and then he willed it into existence. There was zero here, and then Hashem created it. Hashem brought it out. And why is that so important? Why is Yeshmei, right? The base Levi, that's what Shabbos is all about. Yeshmei, Yeshmei. Why is Yeshmei so important? Right? Yeshmei is important for very, right? Why can we say there was a world? Whatever it is. Hashem is the very powerful God. And he created from, from whatever was around, he created the world. Why is that a problem? The problem is, is because it's if... Supposed to what? What? It's supposed to what? Hashem, there was zero, FS, and then Hashem brought it into existence. There was nothing there before, right? The Greeks believed the world that always existed. God could do things, God created, there was matter, and then God, right? But that God didn't create matter. Existence was always here. Like, the world is a constant, right? They said, otherwise the world should be deteriorating, right? Anything which was, has a beginning should have an end. 
and they didn't see the world having an end, so they're like, okay, it must be the world always existed. Right? So anything which is organic, anything which was created, was, well, will eventually decay. Right? The fact that the world always existed must be that Hashem came along. The original cause, I don't want to get into Greek philosophy, but the point is that if Hashem just took whatever materials He had, right, and did the best, right, well, then that means Hashem didn't create a perfect world. Hashem created the best world under the circumstances, right? It's like, you know, I, I bring him into well, a junkyard. Purpose, what? So exactly. Whatever you have to work. I put you in a junkyard, build me a house. I'm not going to build the perfect house because I made them, there wasn't any of this material. Look, I built the best house, right? So the world, there's a lot of glitches in the world. The fact that there's hurricanes and tornadoes, the fact that there's death, the fact that there's car accidents, the fact that there's evil. Oh, listen, Hashem tried. He tried the best he could to make a good world. That's wonderful. But unfortunately, you know, he didn't have enough to work with and uh, there was going to be hurricanes. It was, you know, he didn't know how to adjust the hurricane button because it was broken, right? That's not the point. Hashem created the world, which means there was nothing here. So anything that's here is because Hashem created it. And Hashem, through His rust, decided to create this. Right? It's an amazing perspective, right? This, makes, this, this is the whole, this is the answer to everything, right? Now why Hashem, this, that's a good philosophy question, you know? It's like, uh, you know, it's, you know like someone was telling me the evolution, he was bringing me a kasha, what about this? I said, to be honest with you, I said, I'm, I'm bothered more by the, by, the, by, by the Holocaust, right? It's like, you know, you wonder why Hashem did this. If Hashem created the world, why did He create man to walk on two feet? It's, it's bad for his back. I mean, why does Hashem do the Holocaust? Right? You want to start getting philosophy, that's philosophy. You want to know, like, this is Hashem created the world. You want to start understanding why would God do this, right? Like vestigial organs used to be a very big Kiddush, right? There's the, the tonsils or the appendix. The appendix is extra. No reason for the appendix. It must be because uh, when we used to be animals, there was evolution. I mean, so that's already philosophy, right? Why, not, why would God, who created the world, make human beings with an appendix? That's not a science, right? You're, right, that's not a scientific challenge to God. That's a moral question to God, right? Why would God do this? I don't know. Why would God make the Holocaust? That's also a good question, right? In other words, a lot of, we're getting here into... But the point is that Hashem... Everything that's here is here because Hashem wanted to be here. How do we know? Because if not, He wouldn't have created it, right? He created the world whatever He wanted, that's what He did. Right? And if something's here, it's because Hashem wanted it. Right? What does the, the measure say? If these things are here, they're here for a reason. We'll see what the reason is. But they're here, it's because Hashem. So Hashem created Yesh and That's the first fundamental principle. Right? The opening words of the Torah tell us that the reason, right? That Hashem created the world, there was nothing there before. And God came and created it. And so if it's here, it's because Hashem wants it to be here. And it looks like maybe it's a glitch, but it's not a glitch. It's actually part of the design. All right, we'll uh, pick it up next week.